As you're seated, if you would take a Bible and open it with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We will be reading from 2 Peter chapter 1 in just a few moments, and it is my privilege to give voice to that great chapter in God's Word and continue our worship together this morning. Thank you so much for being here. We have guests among us. We are especially happy and thankful for your presence. We invite you to open up God's Word and read along with us. Our aim is higher ground, to be more and more like Jesus, our Savior, each day. Our aim is higher ground so that empowered and inspired by God, our Heavenly Father, we can shine as lights, not light of our own, but reflect His light into this world that so desperately needs love and joy, peace, the hope with which we have been singing throughout the morning. Thank you so much for being here and being an encouragement to me. Second Peter chapter 1 is our text. We will be there in just a moment. I, you might keep a hand or a marker there and go back with me to the Gospel of John chapter 21 where we will read together in just a few moments. We have been slowly walking through letters from a man who walked with Jesus. His example is incredible because we probably have more insight and instances. We're provided more glimpses into more moments of his life than after Jesus probably anybody else in the New Testament. At least as far as how he was coming to know Jesus. The Apostle Paul, of course would be in that discussion, but when Paul was Saul, he, he didn't walk with Jesus. He was learning from a, a, a different teacher, growing up probably a, a little younger than this man, Peter, that we've been paying so much attention to. But even as Stuart mentioned, if you've been reading along with us most recently in the Gospel of Luke on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and, and Fridays. We, we know where this man was from. We know what he did for a living. We know that many times when there is a group of Jesus' disciples, it, it was this man who was the first to speak up. We have so many glimpses, not just of what he wrote, but of his life. And, and in many ways, we're able to see through his eyes. When he was a very young man and having his world turned upside down, more accurately, turned right side up by the very Son of God himself. And now he is a much older man. But he's writing as a, a servant of Jesus Christ, as, as an apostle, someone specifically sent by Jesus. Perhaps most precious to us, he's writing as an eyewitness of Jesus' 
majesty. And here in 2 Peter chapter 1, he's writing as someone who knows, in his own words, the putting off of my body will be soon. How did he know all of that? Well, several weeks ago, we went back in our our Gospels to John chapter 21, and we spent time with him and a couple of other disciples and, and with the risen Jesus around the fire. And we heard Jesus ask this same Peter who had denied three times that he even knew Jesus, we heard Jesus ask him three times, do you love me and Peter knew exactly what was going on in all of that in fact if your Bible is open there to John chapter 21 you can read with us in verse 17 that this man who wrote this letter we're focused on this morning we know what he was feeling that morning he was grieved because Jesus said to him the third time, do you love me? And and Simon Peter responded, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. But notice especially what Jesus said next. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. John, our narrator, speaks up at this point and and wants to make sure that we understand. This Jesus said to show by what kind of death Simon Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, Jesus said to Simon, follow me. And so for the last 30 approximate years, Simon has been following Jesus. It was just a matter of days after this that Simon with his own eyes watched Jesus ascend from the Mount of Olives into heaven. Peter is is one of these apostles, these ambassadors commissioned by Jesus that helps us understand where Jesus is now and and what he is doing. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 1, if you'd like to turn back there where our main text for the morning is, Peter is writing this second letter, understanding that his own departure is about to come. But he wants to serve disciples of Jesus in his own generation. And would you slow down after a busy week, slow down before what is probably going to be another busy week, let's slow down on this the Lord's Day, and appreciate this man who walked with Jesus for three years cared enough about Jesus' disciples in all generations. 
cared enough not just to be an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus, but cared enough for disciples of all generations that he would write this letter so that at any time, how powerful that this veteran follower of the Lord Jesus knew, I'm writing this, and I'm not going to be here in this body all that much longer, but I want generations of Jesus' disciples to be able to unroll or open up what I am writing because I want them to be able to recall. You and I, because of this letter this morning, 2,000 years later are able to learn and reflect upon and use this to recall what it really means to know Jesus. That is my earnest desire for you this morning. Not that you would simply read a chapter of the Bible with me or fill in some blanks or just follow the hopefully logical points of our outline this morning, but that we could use what this man wrote so that we can know the same Jesus he knew. So would you read with me 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always 
to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty for when he received honor and glory from God the Father and his voice was borne to him by the majestic glory this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. There are God-like life-giving qualities that Peter would love for us to really consider this morning. Because sons and daughters of God need to be consistently reminded of these qualities. Why? Because we are His. We heard about the possibility of, of coming to share in the divine nature. We, we still have flesh and blood bodies, just like every other human being around us, but whatever the color of our skin, whatever the the nation of our birth or the language we grew up speaking, what matters most of all is we are sons and daughters of God. There was darkness in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls, our, our spirits. There was darkness. In fact, we, we had grown to prefer the dark at times and, and know that there were things we ought to be ashamed of. And so at times we would try and, and keep certain aspects of our lives in the dark. But here, Peter, as he is reminding us, no more. That's not who we are anymore. 
we are his. We are sons and daughters of the king. That, that is the foundation now of our identity. There is a God. God walked among us. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And just like he called me, Peter would say, to follow him, he has used my brother and James and John and, and he, he's using all sorts of people, including me, his unworthy servant, to remind you. You don't just believe in a God that is out there. You're, you're his child and you are called by your manner of life to follow King Jesus. And so faith is the foundation of your relationship with him. And now over the course of your life, you, you supplement that faith. You, you add to that faith virtue. This is a spectacular list. And we're not going to linger long here. If you'd like to dig into this list, our our building blocks track of studies. For many of our older children, all the way to our adult class in B2, throughout the month of December on Wednesday evenings, it's just going to look through, walk through this list and figure out what it really means to supplement my faith, for instance, with virtue. For our purposes this morning, let's just recognize what's being communicated here. There is a God. And that God has defined and prescribed what is good and right. And so, if I believe that He's there, if I'm a, a man or woman of faith, now it's a question of, am I going to allow Him to be the definer of what is good and right and true? Because my goal is to more and more and more know Jesus. Did you notice as we read 2 Peter chapter 1, how many times Peter uses the word know? I knew him and I want you to know him. I, I saw him and though you have not seen him, I want to help you believe in him. I want to help you follow him in self-control. You see how practical this is. There is a God who defines what is right. Will I confine myself to his good definitions and prescriptions of what is right? Will I be steadfast? Will I not stop following him? On Monday morning, on Tuesday afternoon, on Friday night. Will I be reminded on the Lord's day that I am His and He is mine and now that 
that propel me throughout the week to walk with Him wherever it is that He leads? Will I follow the more and more I follow, becoming more and more like my Father in heaven? I am before a a citizen of the United States, before a a sports fan, before what I do for a living, before even the closest human relationships that I have, I am His. And and He is mine. So I want to grow more and more and more to think like Him and, and act like Him. And following is going to change how I look at you and how I look at the people around me. None of this short-sighted, hypocritical behavior that I I, I gather together and I, I praise Him and then with the same mouth turn around and say something ugly about the waitress on Sunday afternoon. No, she also is created in the image of God and, and I'm His, He's mine and And I want to live in whatever way I can possibly live to shine, to reflect His light into the community around me. Because I remember that He said it all hangs on the two first, second great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Would you not agree with me? Would you not agree with Peter that this is the very opposite of the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Why is the world around us in the state that it is in? God uses the word corruption. It wasn't created like that. When God looked at his creation, he said it was good. In fact, by the time he was done, even including human beings, he said it is very good. But we, over the course of millennia, have decided, I'm not sure I want to live as if God is there. I'm not sure I want to allow him to be the definer and prescriber of what is good and right and and true. I'm not sure I want him to dictate how I'm going to control myself. I just want to do whatever it is that I want to do. I want to live in a way that really practically communicates there's nothing bigger than me. And so I'm going to treat the people around me in whatever way I want to treat them. I'm going to live however I want to live. And ladies and gentlemen, you compound that over the course of thousands and thousands of years, generation after human generation. And what we get is corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. But Peter says, you're his. He's yours. And so these are the qualities we're going to practice. What a great word to carry us, carry with us into this week. I haven't always been these qualities. 
At, at times, it's a, a real fight to exhibit these qualities. Maybe I do a, a pretty good job out in public, but I struggle with these qualities at home with the, the people that, that matter the most. Here is a servant of Jesus Christ, an apostle, an eyewitness of His majesty, saying to us this morning, though He has put off His body long ago, the living and abiding Word of God is still powerful. God still uses it this morning to say, this is what my children are to practice this week. Why? Because these are the qualities that will keep my vision clear. Look at chapter 1, verse 9. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that, that he was cleansed from his former sins. We used to be contributors to the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And when these are not the qualities that we practice, we're forgetting. What are we forgetting? I am His. But if I will practice these, it will help my, my vision to remain clear. It will keep me, verse 10, from falling. Brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent, verse 10, to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Here is life the way it was meant to be. Practice these qualities. And it will calibrate the compass of your heart towards home. Verse 11, for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No more of this selfish excuse that, well, nobody else is living like this. That's not the point. You're His. No more of this will, that's not the sort of world we live in. This world is not our home. No more of this world. Well, if I actually live like that, I'm, I'm not sure I won't be somehow taken advantage of. You're not a contributor anymore to the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. You're a son, a daughter of God. And to help us make sure that we understand the weight behind his words. He emphasizes at the end of chapter 1, none of this is a cleverly devised myth. This man grew up like any good descendant of Abraham, knowing that if, if you want to establish something as true... Uh, the law of Moses calls for two 
witnesses in some sort of a judicial setting to establish what is true. And that's exactly what Peter does here. He offers eyewitness testimony. Would you go back with me before we're done to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 and let's just listen in to what Peter is describing in 2 Peter chapter 1. This is priceless background material because once again we get an insight not just into how Peter would have us to live but what Peter saw and why it matters. Matthew chapter 16 verse 28 he heard Jesus say last verse of the chapter truly I say to you there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom and after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up to a high mountain by themselves and Jesus was transformed figured before them his his figure changed his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light and behold there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him and and Peter said to Jesus Lord it is good that we are here if you wish I will make three tents here one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah he was still speaking when behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased listen to him when the disciples heard this they fell on their faces and were terrified but Jesus came and touched them saying rise and have no fear and when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I was there, Peter says. I saw it and I heard the voice from heaven. And I've done the best that I can do over the course of the last 30 years to, to follow him. And I, I haven't always done it perfectly but I can say to you with confidence I'm his and he's mine but Peter also wants to make sure we understand it's not just you don't take my word for it there is the powerful prophetic testimony of the Old Testament men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This year in our B2 classroom and our children from first grade all the way through high school have been searching for the king. 46 different sessions. We're landing the plane this month in the Gospels. But 46 different threads we have noticed starting in Genesis. Our king was in the beginning. Our king is the, the son of woman. 
the crusher of the head of, of the serpent. Our king is the blessing that comes through Abraham that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Our king is the, the royal heir of David who received a promise from God that a descendant is going to come from you and that descendant will be the king of a kingdom that will never pass away. Our, our king is greater than Solomon. Our king is the servant sent by God to suffer for our sins. Our king is this righteous branch that grew out of a, a dead stump. Our king breathes life into dead bones. Our king is the shepherd who was willing to be pierced for our transgressions. 46 different threads. And we've just hit the, the tip of the iceberg. And Peter is, is drawing our attention to that. Why have we spent all of that time, even this year, in the context of our church family? It does what Peter is trying to help us see. It shows the unity of this incredible book from God. This is one cohesive story all about the king of the universe. And it provides powerful evidence. It helps us know, giving greater insight into why our king lived and why he did what he did and where he is now. It deepens our confidence in the fact God is faithful. And if I am his and he is mine, the time will come that I depart. How powerful, even as, as we grieve brothers and sisters in Christ, in our own church family. In Peter's words, death is putting off the body. By inspiration of the Holy Spirit, death is just a departure. Peter looks that in the eye, knowing that's not the end. And he wants us to know that's not the end. All of us one day will depart. The question that Peter would have us ask this evening or this morning is, what what entrance will be made when we depart? You notice there in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11 that for the son or daughter of God, an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is available. Listen, the day is going to come that you put off the body, your body. The day is going to come that you depart from this earth. 
what entrance will you make as you depart? A holy and just God has prepared a place for those who live their lives simply adding to the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And what will make hell hell is the absolute absence of God. But I don't have to go there. You, you don't have to go there. That's not where your creator wants you to go. He wants you to depart and enjoy an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Where does it start? With, with faith. Did you hear the spectacular language in chapter 1 and verse 1 that Peter is writing to people who have obtained a faith of equal standing without, with the apostles themselves? How is that possible? Well, eyewitness testimony plus the, the prophetic testimony of the Old Testament, plus letters like this that help us know Jesus, we, we put that together and we respond to it. And the same God who said on page one of your Bible, let there be light, can cause light to dawn in your heart. That God says you need to turn. Turn from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. No more of that. Be cleansed by the blood of my one and only Son. In fact, this man was the one who led the charge in Acts 2 preaching. What shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's going on there? God is causing light to shine in one's dark hearts. Maybe this morning as a son or a daughter of God, you could just use prayers of your brothers and sisters in Christ. How amazing that God used this man to help us today. How amazing that we can help each other. Getting our hearts calibrated towards home. The day is coming when you will depart. What entrance will you make? God's plan, amazing, gracious plan. His will for your life is clear. If we can help you in responding to it this morning, would you let us know how we can help you by coming to the front while we stand and sing together?